Good morning, everyone. My name is Peter, and today we're continuing our series on how we can hear God's voice. Every believer can hear God for themselves. God is speaking, and we can listen to him. Well, more than a year ago, I took my youngest son for a hearing test, and it involved him and I uh, stepping into a soundproof booth, and uh, I had to be there so I could hold him on my lap and keep him kind of focused on what he was doing there. And so we, we stepped in, they closed the door, and all the outside noises went away. It was completely silent. And then they started to play different sounds and different tones and different frequencies at different volumes from different directions. Uh, And my son did great. He heard all of the sounds. It was wonderful. Uh, And I also did great because I was in there hearing all those same sounds as well, uh, which confirmed my wife's suspicion that I hear just about as well as a two-year-old. Now, we know that there's a difference between hearing and listening, Uh, and I find myself being something of a selective listener. And so I can hear the sound of a chip bag opening from across the house, and yet there are other times when my kids are going, dad, 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 dad. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. No, I'm listening. I'm here. I can be a selective listener. And we live in a world and a culture uh, that encourages selective listening. That we get to choose who we listen to. We get to have great control over what we're listening to. Uh, So we can go through our social media feeds and we can curate them to just have the people that we want to listen to. Uh, Anybody else, anybody negative or anything, we just get rid of all of them. And then we can also handpick our news sources so we can hear the news that we want to hear from the people we want to hear it from. Uh, We have great freedom to even, uh, we can mute certain topics if we don't want to come across them. We can silence certain voices if we don't want to listen to them. Uh, and so we think about, think about when uh, I was a kid a few decades ago uh, and how there was only a handful of TV channels, right? And so how many of us ended up watching something just because it was kind of the best thing on? There was like nothing else to watch. And there was only a few radio stations. And so we kind of just listened to what was available, even if it wasn't our favorite. And now think about how much things have changed to where now we can stream just the music that we want to hear. We can pick any song and we can listen to it. We can choose the podcast that we want to listen to. We have great control to listen to what we want. We can be selective listeners. But I think that sometimes we can take that same attitude into our faith. And so I find it in myself where there are uh, preachers that I like to listen to. And so I find myself going through the list of their sermons and then picking out the topics that are most of interest to me. And if it's something that I'm not interested in, I probably won't ever listen to it. And I can do that with my Bible reading plan as well. And I can just pick out a Bible reading plan that just has what I want to listen to, the topics that are of interest to me. And so I can say, uh, more promises of God and less challenging words. We can be selective 
listeners. Imagine if your kids had a remote and they could just mute you every time that you were talking about something they didn't want to hear. And so you're telling them to eat their vegetables and they just put you on mute. And then when it's time for dessert, they unmute you, maybe bump you up a little bit louder if it's time to go on a fun trip. Are we selective listeners? Because we can have an attitude that says, well, I like the teaching on love and kindness, but I'm not interested in sexual integrity. You know, I like the teaching on hope and on joy, but not on authority or suffering. Are we really interested in hearing from God? Do we want to hear all that God has to say to us? Or are we more interested in picking and choosing what we hear from God? Are we selective listeners? Well, if we don't want to be a selective listener, then I would encourage us that we need to allow God to speak to us through his word. I would encourage us that we need to read this book because God wrote this book. He has revealed himself to us in this book. And when we read this book, not just selectively, not just picking and choosing, we allow it to speak into every area of our life because we're going to come across topics as we read this that we would not choose otherwise. So we want to be those who are not selective listeners. We know that God speaks and that God has spoken to us. He has spoken to us through his word. And so today I want us to focus on how God speaks to us through his word. And if we will be those who will listen to what God has to say. All right, and so as we're going to kind of launch into this, I, I want us to begin with three foundational points, three uh, points kind of to get us all on the same page as we look at this idea of how God speaks to us through his word. All right, foundational point number one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, for us as Christians, we know that scripture is God-breathed. Scripture is God-breathed. That's our first foundational point, is that God wrote this book that it is an utterly unique book where God, in partnership with man, he breathed out, he inspired his word. And so this is not just the work of 40-plus uh, different people writing out their own wisdom and their thoughts and their opinions, but God has breathed out his word. So scripture is God-breathed. That would be our first foundational point. Second foundational point would be scripture has authority. Scripture has authority. And so as Christians, we look to the authority of Scripture. And so we bring our traditions, and well, this is how we've always done it, and this is my religious tradition, and we bring that and submit it to God's Word and what God has said. And even as we're in a series like this where we're hearing from God and we're listening to what God would say, if someone's over here and says, well, I hear God saying this, and someone's over here and says, I hear God saying this, we bring those things to the scriptures and we see what God has said in his word. And so we submit what we hear from God. We submit our traditions to what God has already spoken. We recognize the authority of scripture. 
And we see this in uh, the Bible with Jesus when he's tempted by the devil. And uh, the devil comes and tempts him three different times. And each time, Jesus appeals to the authority of the scriptures. He says, it is written. God has said, and that is that. And so we want to respond to the scriptures like Jesus did. And we recognize the authority of scripture. And then point number three in our foundational points. First is scripture is God-breathed. Uh, point two is scripture is we, it's the authority of scripture. Scripture has authority. And then point number three is scripture is relevant to our lives today. That this ancient text is not outdated, it's not for yesterday, but that God continues to speak to us through his word. That this book is relevant to our current realities. And so those are our three foundational points that we want to look at. And then from there, we're going to look at two different passages of Scripture. Now, I want to acknowledge, uh, before we go any farther, that today, when we're looking at how God speaks to us through his word, we're going to use Scripture to talk about Scripture. And maybe you're here and you have questions about the Bible. Can we trust the Bible? How did we get the Bible? Well, I'm not really going to address any of that today. But a few years ago, I preached a sermon called, Can We Trust the Bible? And you can go onto our website, to our media page, and you can search and find that message, which will answer a lot of questions that you might have about how we got the Bible and can we trust the Bible. But we're not going to really look into that today. We're going to look at what the Bible says about itself. And so we're going to uh, look at that right now. And if you have your Bible, what a great Sunday for you to open it up and join with me. We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy, it's near the end of the New Testament, and we're going to look at a letter that Paul, who is one of the leaders of the first century church, that he wrote to his son in the faith, Timothy, who was a pastor of a church. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'd love for you to join me. I'm going to give you a few more moments if you've got a Bible app or a phone that has a website that you can get to. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 14, and it says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. And so the responsibility of Timothy is that he is to remain faithful to what he has learned, that he's had good teachers who have taught him good things. And in verse 15, it says, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And so we see in the life of Timothy that he has learned from the scriptures. He has been taught from the scriptures, and they have given him the wisdom to be able to put his faith, his trust in Jesus. And it's the same for us. And maybe you're here today and you have questions about faith. Maybe you haven't put your trust in Jesus. I would encourage you to read this book to gain the wisdom of what God has said so that we can be like Timothy and we can put our trust in Jesus and we can receive salvation that comes through him. Verse 16, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful 
to teach us. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. And in, in your Bible, it might say, all scripture is God-breathed. Because that is the picture in these verse, in the original language. It's that God has breathed out. He has exhaled and given us the scripture in partnership with man. And, but this is something that God has inspired. He has breathed out his word. So all scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And Paul is writing this to Timothy and encouraging him. And Paul is in a unique position because Paul is an apostle who has been sent by Jesus and he has written these letters that we now have as part of our New Testament. And this letter that he's writing is one of his later letters and already the earlier letters that Paul has written to the churches are being passed from church to church. They are recognized as God inspired, the word of God to the churches. And so in Paul's own lifetime, he has seen this. He has partnered with God. God has breathed out his word through the writing of Paul. And Paul is encouraging Timothy. All scripture is useful. It's all breathed out by God. All right, I have one more passage that I want us to look at together today. And if you're in a paper Bible, I've made this really easy for you. We're just going to go a few pages over into the book of Hebrews. So if you're already in 2 Timothy, you can just go past Titus and past Philemon. And we're going to go right into Hebrews chapter 4. If you're on an app, you can join us. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to look at one more passage here together. Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 12. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Now, I want us to, from these two passages, I want us to look at, I want to share with you seven keys to hearing from God through his word. Seven keys for us as we listen to what God would say to us through his word. Point number one. If you're taking notes, you could write this down. Number one, as we just read, the word of God is alive. The word of God is alive. It's a living word. It's not dead. It's not stagnant. But God's word is alive. That is why it is still relevant to us today. Because it's a living word. It speaks into our life. There's a Swiss theologian named Karl Barth. And he said, I have read many books, but the Bible reads me. That as we are reading the Bible, it's reading us. It's searching us. As we just read, it's exposing us. It's showing us what's happening inside of us. This is not like the works of Shakespeare. This is not like uh, the writings of Plato or of, of any other religious text. But this is a living word that God has provided for us that speaks into our lives today because it is 
alive. So point number one, the word of God is alive. Number two, the word of God is active, powerful, effective. The word of God is active, powerful, effective. In the New Living Translation that we just read, it said that the word of God, it's alive, it's powerful. In your Bible, it might say it's living and active. And the meaning is that it's an effective word. God speaks into our life a word that is effective. It is a fruitful word. It is a powerful word that God has spoken and is speaking to us. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says, It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. This is the word that God has spoken to us, his word, his scripture. It is a powerful, effective, active word. And so as we're reading it and as it is reading us, it is at work inside of us. Even as we read in 2 Timothy, it points out to us what is true. It shows us the areas that are wrong and it corrects us and then it helps us to live out the truth. It prepares us. It equips us so that we can do what is right. It is an effective word that God has given to us. Number three, the word of God is cutting and piercing. We read in Hebrews that the word of God is sharp, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. And it cuts and it pierces us. It cuts us to the quick. It cuts, it divides, it separates. And so the two edges of the sword, in the context of Hebrews chapter four, it's talking about those who have heard the good news and then have not listened. They have not obeyed that news, and how the word of God is like a sword. It judges those who don't believe, and it searches us, both non-believers and believers, and we've seen that. It's reading us. It's searching us. The word of God is sharp. It's cutting. In the ESV, it translates that word cutting as piercing. It pierces our hearts, and we see in Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching And he's preaching from the word. He's preaching from the Old Testament. And he's preaching to his people. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And that is our response. When God pierces our heart, we say, what are we to do? But the question that I have for us this morning is, when was the last time that God's word cut you? When was the last time that your heart was pierced as you read his word? God's word is a cutting and a piercing word. It says in Jeremiah that God's word is like a fire, like a hammer. In Jeremiah chapter 29, or 23, verse 29, It says, does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord, 
Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? God's word burns us. It shows us where we're wrong. It corrects us. God's word can come to us like a hammer that smashes down the walls that we have built up. The stony parts of our heart, our stubbornness, our refusal, and the word of God comes and hammers us and breaks down our resistances so that we can be those who hear what God is saying. Has God's word hammered you or burned you? Point number four, God's word exposes us. As we read in Hebrews, it reveals our innermost desires. It cuts us right to the core, to the very center of who we are. It speaks into the very motivations of our heart. God's word exposes us. It's like an animal that rolls over onto its back and shows its belly. It's like a neck that is exposed. And Pastor Todd talked about this last Sunday as he was sharing about Adam and Eve. God's word exposes us. It makes us vulnerable. It humbles us. Our innermost desires are brought to light when we hear the word of God. Number five, God's word is eternal. It's an eternal word. And again, this is why it has authority, because it's an unending word. It's an eternal word. It wasn't just a word for yesterday, but it's a word for today, and it's a word for tomorrow. It's the eternal word of God. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever. Because it comes from the eternal, living word of God. So God tells us that two things are eternal. His word is eternal. And you and I, we are eternal. We will go on forever. That God's word is unending. It is absolutely relevant for today in our current situation. Because it is an eternal word. And this is why We have the urgency to share the good news with others, to tell them the truth, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done because we recognize this is about eternity. This is about forever. And so it's of the utmost importance. God's word is eternal. Number six, God's word points us to Jesus. God's word points points us to Jesus. We know that all of scripture is God-breathed and all of it is relevant to us because all of it points us to Jesus. In Luke chapter 24, Jesus has been crucified and he has resurrected. And now he is walking to a village with two of his followers. And this is what It says in verse 27, it says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. All of scripture points us 
to Jesus. The Old Testament, it reveals our need of a savior, how we cannot live up to God's standards and God's laws. It speaks of a coming king, of the lineage of David. It speaks of a suffering servant. And Jesus walks his followers through all of these different mentions, all of these prophecies pointing to him. And then we have the gospels that tell us of the life of Jesus, where God is revealed to us in Jesus Christ, his son, and how he did good works, and he did miracles, and he lived this perfect life, and then he was crucified, and how he rose from the dead, and then the rest of the New Testament points back to Jesus and tells us how we live this life now, that Jesus has done what he has accomplished, and this good news that we have from him. It all points us to Jesus. And then our final point, point number seven, the word is Jesus. That the ultimate expression of God's word, his spoken word, his incarnate word is in Jesus Christ. And we see it in John chapter one, verse one, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. The word is Jesus. Hebrews chapter one, verse one, it begins, not long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Jesus is the embodiment and the fulfillment of God's word. He is God's word in the flesh. And so if we want to hear from God, if we want to be those who are not selective listeners, then we don't want to just pick and choose from what God has said, but we can understand that God can speak to us from his word, from any part of his word. God has breathed it out. He has inspired it. And it is useful to us. It shows us where we are are wrong because it shows us what is true and it corrects us and then it teaches us how to do what's right and prepares us and equips us. And so when I read through God's word, when we read through God's word and we allow it to speak to us, then we will not be those selective hearers. We let God cut us with his word, challenge us, convict us, even to burn us or hammer us through his word. And as we kind of come to the end here, begin wrapping all this together, I want us to look at how does this, what does this look like in our life practically as we interact with God's word? How does God speak to us today in his word? So first of all, we recognize that God can speak to us through any part of his word. And I believe that the, the first thing that we want to do is simply to approach God and to ask that he would speak to us through his word. That when we sit down to engage with the Bible, to read his word, would we say, God, would you speak to me today through your word? God, I recognize that your word is alive. It's powerful. It's effective. God, would you speak to me? Even if it means you're gonna cut me, you're gonna challenge me, you're gonna convict me. God, I want to listen to what you would say to me today. 
And I see how often in my life I just kind of go to my Bible reading as something that I know that I should do. It's something that's valuable to me. It's kind of like adding more fiber into my diet. Like I, I know I should do it and it's, it's good for me. But do I, do I really want God to speak to me through his word? Am I listening to hear what he would say? And then what does this look like in our life? As we sit down and we're reading God's word, how many of us, we've been reading and we come across a verse and it's like it jumps off the page. It grabs our attention. God speaks to us. He, he says, hey, look at this. Did you see this? And it can just jump out into our hearts, something to meditate on, something to think about, something throughout the rest of the day to keep coming back to. God speaks to us through his word. How many of us, we might read something that's familiar to us. We know that we've read it many times before, and yet we come across something as we're reading that we didn't notice before. It speaks to us in a different way. Several years ago, I was reading through the book of Proverbs once a month, and so over the course of the year, I'd read through these same Proverbs 12 different times, and it was amazing to me how sometimes in like the eighth time, the 10th time through that same proverb, I'm highlighting things and circling things that somehow I missed on the first nine times. But now, in this moment, God's speaking to me through this verse. God speaks to us through his word. There are, will be times when we're reading God's word. Maybe we read it in the morning, or we read it at the end of the day. We read God's word in the morning, and then we find as we go through our day that what we were reading about that morning is very relevant to what we're experiencing right now, hours later. Or sometimes we come home at the end of a busy day, and we sit down, and we read the word, and we go, God, everything I'm reading right now is just what I was living all day today. God speaks to us through his word. How many of us have been in a situation where all of a sudden a verse just bubbles up inside of us? Just what we need for in that moment. God quickens something to our mind. Hey, I got something I can share. Hey, something I got to hold on to in this moment. God speaks to us through his word. There'll be times when we're reading and we come across something and we go, you know what? That's for my friend. God, I know you're speaking to them. I'm gonna throw it in a text message. I'm gonna send it to them. I'm gonna encourage them. God, I know you're speaking through your word and I'm gonna share that with them. And then there are times when we're reading and the Bible might challenge us, cut us. It might be painful. It might be uncomfortable. But are we those who allow God to speak into those uncomfortable places inside of us, to reveal our inner desire, something we might not have sought out on our own. We might not have gone there of our own choice, and yet here is God speaking to the very depths of us through his word. We want to be those who are not selective listeners, but who would say, God, would you speak to me through every part of your word into every area of my life? And so here's what I want us to encourage us in today. Can we be people who read this book? Can we be people of his word, knowing that God will speak to us through his word? If we were to read one chapter of the New Testament each day, we could read through the whole New Testament in less than a year. 
If we were to read four chapters of the Bible, three in the Old Testament and one in the New, we could read through the whole Bible in just one year. Or if you were just to read one chapter a day, you could read through the whole Bible in four years. But to read through all of it, to allow God to speak into every area of your life through his word. Can we be those who engage in this word that God has given to us? It's a word that's still in many places around the globe. You can get in big trouble for having a Bible or reading the Bible. And so we should recognize the great privilege that we have to freely be able to interact with God's word. God is speaking to us. Will we be those who are listening to him? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are the word of God. God, we thank you for your word that you have provided to us. God, that it is alive. God, that it is sharp, it's cutting, but it's powerful, it's effective. God, we pray that we would have ears to hear what you are saying to us, that we would listen and understand. God, we ask that you would come and speak to us through your word into every part of us. May we not be selective hearers, selective listeners, picking and choosing, but God, would you expose us, the innermost parts of us? God, would you hammer us and cut us and burn us so that we would change? God, to live according to your word and what you have said is true. God, we thank you that you don't leave us in a broken place, but God, you break us down and build us back up. You prepare us, you equip us so that we can do good works. Jesus, we thank you that you are speaking to us, and we thank you that we can hear you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.